Welcome to another edition of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel. She's broadcasting from home today, along with the entire About Mansfield news team. We appreciate you being here today. We are now up to episode 40. And coming up on this episode, Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And as always, we will conclude this episode with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Brooklyn Pie and Cafe. Let's take a look at this week's headlines. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic has returned to its stubborn plateau. It's time to unload your junk, Mansfield. In sports, which MISD football teams won their season openers? Tommy will review the outcome and preview this week's games. Hey, it's October and it's going to get cold before too long. We'll talk about how that's going to affect you and water in the Ask Terry segment coming up. Alexis here with the seven-day weather forecast and campaign 2020 in Mansfield starts today with three in-studio interviews with the candidates who are running for MISD School Board Place 7. Corinne Fiagami, Yolanda McPherson, and incumbent Courtney Lackey-Wilson. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. Hi, this is Tamara Bounds. For nearly a decade, I have worked with Mansfield citizens, city staff, multiple boards, commissions, and council members to bring good solutions to our challenges. That's why I'm running for Mansfield City Council Place 2. As your council representative, you can count on me to be your voice, to understand matters that are important to you, your family, and your business. And now is the time to make good use of our remaining vacant land, maintain fiscal responsibility while expanding taxpayer relief. We need to find lasting solutions to our growing infrastructure needs and recruit sustainable businesses that will provide higher wage jobs that give Mansfield a competitive edge over bordering cities. On November the 3rd, I am asking you to vote for Tamara Bounds for Mansfield City Council Place 2. For more information, visit my website, TamaraBoundsForCityCouncil.com. Paid for by Tamara Bounds Campaign. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family, and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Mother of three Mansfield students, wife, former teacher, and entrepreneur, I'm Corinne Fiagami, and my husband and I are extremely grateful for the teachers, staff, and administrators who make our district a destination for quality education. Our schools consistently score high marks on state accountability ratings. Many of our facilities are state-of-the-art, and our district and school leadership teams are committed to increasing the academic, social, emotional, and physical health of our children. As a school board member, I intend to make sure that all of our district-wide assets continue to serve our community's needs with excellence. That's why I'm here, to ask for your vote for MISD School Board of Trustees Place 7. We must ensure all of our children 
and receive the benefits of access to an excellent education. I'm Corinne Fiagami, and not only do I approve this message, I invite you to learn more at CorinneForMISD.com. Paid for by Corinne Fiagami for Mansfield ISD School Board. Hey, Mansfield. Did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Paid political ad by the Brent Newsom campaign. Hi, this is Brent Newsom, candidate for mayor. I love Mansfield. I grew up here and I'm raising my family here. There is no other place I'd rather be. I'm running for mayor to protect our quality of life. Mansfield is the only home I've ever known. I've watched it grow from a town that I could ride my bike across as a child into a bustling city of almost 85,000 people. Mansfield has given me so much and it's my duty to give back. As a local banker, I help businesses grow and create jobs every day. As your next mayor, I will use the same common sense business practices to lower taxes and help our economy recover. Since you elected me to city council, I have been working to lower the taxes on homeowners by growing the commercial tax base. And you know what? That is working and it is paying off. We have just passed the city's first ever homestead exemption. Next, we're gonna be cutting the tax rate. Because of our sound fiscal policy and smart planning, Mansfield is actually cutting taxes and fully funding our police, while other cities are raising taxes and defunding police. This is Brent Newsom for mayor, asking for your vote. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. The COVID-19 epidemic appears to have leveled off in Mansfield. About Mansfield's roving science reporter Dennis Webb has the story. Thanks, Steve. In Mansfield, the epidemic appears to be on a stubborn plateau, not going up or down. We need the numbers to go down. Reminder, as a city in Tarrant County, we are still under County Judge Glenn Whitley's executive order declaring a local public health disaster for the county. Judge Whitley and his public health team does not think we have beaten the virus yet. Monday, September 28, Tarrant County reported 1,192 Mansfieldians as having tested positive. 1,028 are estimated to have recovered, and 26 citizens have died since the start. We had 52 new cases this past week, down from the previous week, but back to the stubborn level of early September. No new cases reported from the parts of Mansfield in Ellis or Johnson counties. We had no new COVID-19 deaths in Mansfield this past week. The county estimates that there are 164 active cases in Mansfield. That is, 164 fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another citizen if they aren't quarantining. This is about the same as last week, another indication of a stubborn plateau. Mansfield ISD reports three new cases among staff and nine among students this past week. Both numbers less than the week before are a good thing. From countywide numbers, the test positivity rate has declined a bit to 9%, well below the high of 20% in July, but still above the governor's goal of 6%. This suggests we are not quite testing enough in the county. 
Countywide testing remains above an average of 2,500 tests a day. Countywide hospitalization remains in the low 200s each day. That's 200 people in the hospital suffering from COVID. And this is down from over 600 in July. The county reported 25 deaths this past week, close to the numbers for the previous two weeks, down from numbers twice as big back in July and August. A plateau is better than increasing, but to get back to normal, we have to drive these weekly numbers to zero, as some counties in Texas have done. We can get to zero if every one of us follow the recommendations of our state and county leaders. When you're out and about, keep your distance from other people and wear a mask, wash your hands a lot, avoid crowds, and if you are old and sick, stay at home as much as you can. It is not yet time to let down our protective measures. As always, we welcome listener science questions. Next week, I'll address a recent listener comment and share an interesting science nugget. Reporting from the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Wondering what to do about that old refrigerator or burned-out air conditioning unit? Think no more. Chunk Your Junk is Saturday, and Environmental Services Public Education Specialist Rebecca Sales has the rundown. Chunk Your Junk is a twice-annual event where residents of Mansfield can stop by the Environmental Collection Center which is located at 620 South Wisteria as part of the Chris Burkett Service Center. And they can bring anything that is old and bulky that they can't really typically set out on the curb to be picked up with trash or recycling. For example, if you have uh, an old air conditioning unit or an old couch that you've gotten rid of, you've done some remodeling during all of this COVID event and you've been redoing some things at the house, you've got some scrap metal, old tires, which we would really love for you to get rid of because those can be recycled. Also at this event, accept paper for shredding. We have a secure shredding on sites that's available. And we also take your tree limbs and brush. However, that will be taken at an off-site location at 24 North Mitchell Road. We do not take bupane or propane tanks, chemicals, cleaning products, fertilizers, motor oil, pesticides, pharmaceuticals, paint, uh, those kinds of things, with the exception of the butane and propane tanks, can be dropped off at our monthly household hazardous waste events that happen on the second Saturday of every month and the Thursday and Friday immediately before that second Saturday. Uh, we will take household hazardous waste during those events. But this Chunk Your Junk event is really more for the big bulky things. Again, Chunk Your Junk is this Saturday from 8 a.m. until noon at the Environmental Collection Center, located at 620 South Wisteria Street. For the safety of everyone involved, Chunk Your Junk officials ask that residents unload their own vehicles, maintain social distancing, wear a mask over both their nose and mouth, and keep children inside the vehicle at all times. Let's check sports. Here's Tommy Cummings. The Mansfield ISD football season kicked off, and Timberview and Legacy emerged as the big winners last week. Timberview defeated Lake Ridge 28-14 as Deuce Jones and Jarvis Reed scored two late touchdowns. In its game, Legacy picked up four Trophy Club Byron Nelson passes and rolled to a 31-17 victory. In Arlington, Mansfield played only the second high school football game at Globe Life Park, but the Tigers spelled Arlington High 37-7. This week features two Thursday games. Legacy will face Northwest Eaton at Vernon Newsom, while Mansfield returns to Globe Life Park in Arlington to take on Arlington Bowie. 
Both games start at 7. On Friday, Timberview will be on the road at Red Oak in a 7.30 p.m. game. Meanwhile, Summit opens its season against Lake Ridge at 7 p.m. at Newsom. And don't forget, Mansfield ISD is offering its games via live streaming on the NFHS network. Subscription prices for monthly and annual passes are available at nfhsnetwork.com. That's nfhsnetwork.com. That's it for sports in Mansfield. If you have any sports news, let us know. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Tommy Cummings. It's time right now for the Ask Terry Do-It-Yourself Home Improvement feature. Terry Radswin is our resident home improvement specialist and answers your questions about the place that you call home. Terry? Thanks very much, Steve. This week's question comes from Ann, and she asks a question that'll be on our minds before we know it. How does a frost-free outdoor faucet work? Is it worthwhile changing over, and do we really not need to cover them in the winter? And it's both simpler and more complicated than you think. A regular outdoor faucet, like most old-school faucets, has a stem that holds a rubber washer, and the entire unit is mounted to an exterior wall. The supply pipe that feeds the faucet is directly connected to that faucet body. On a frost-proof silcock, that stem is longer and contains inside a copper or brass tube that extends inside the wall cavity anywhere from 4 to 12 inches, depending on the overall thickness of the wall, including brick, if that's what's on the outside of the wall. The rubber washer is at the end of that long stem inside the insulated wall space, and in theory, that creates sort of a buffer zone of air that keeps the cold outdoor air from chilling the water in the business end of the faucet to the point of freezing. You'll notice that I call it a frost-proof silcock rather than a freeze-proof silcock. Given a low enough temperature and some residual water left in the pipe containing the stem, I've seen them freeze up and burst plenty of times. That goes directly to the third part of your question, and the answer is yes... Without the protection of an insulating faucet cover and the additional warmth of a basement space like I grew up with surrounding the pipe supplying the faucet, temperatures in the 20s and below increase the possibility that cold air will chill the metal of the stem. That'll cause the water behind the washer to freeze up anyway, despite the fact that it may be inside a well-insulated wall cavity. So yes, do yourself a favor and invest in a hard shell faucet cover for each unit you have and try to store them in the same place after the season every year so you don't have to make a mad dash to the store to buy a new one at the threat of freezing weather, as literally thousands of people do each winter. Would I change an existing standard faucet over? Not unless I had a good reason to cut into the wall inside the house or chip brick on the exterior wall and replace with a frostproof unit, because that's what you'll have to do. It's a touchy job that usually requires a plumber. Just do a good job of keeping the faucet protected, and you should be all right. Thanks for the question, Ann. And listeners, we're always looking for more challenges to solve for you. Email me through the podcast or catch my Facebook page at Ask Terry AM Podcast or my Twitter at Ask Terry AM Pod. Talk to you next week. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm home improvement specialist Terry Radswin. If you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is askterry, T-E-R-R-Y, at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will tackle another home improvement question next week. Sunday is National Golf Day. Let's see if the weather's going to cooperate for a round at Mansfield National. Alexa? In Mansfield for the next seven days, Wednesday through Tuesday should be sunny. Daytime highs will range between 77 and 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 
peaking on Wednesday. According to the Tarrant Regional Water District, your lawn needs just a half inch of water from your irrigation system this week. As you just heard from Alexa, there's little chance of rain over the next few days. To see a map of watering recommendations for North Texas, log on to waterisawesome.com. That's a look at news, sports, and weather. If you have a news tip that you would like us to follow up on, send us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com. If you have the best news tip of the week, you may become the Mansfield News Tipper of the Week and win a brand new About Mansfield t-shirt courtesy of Ohana Screen Printing. Again, send us an email, news at aboutmansfield.com. Coming up after the break, when we switch from news to talk, it's campaign 2020 in Mansfield, and that starts today. We will talk in studio with three candidates who are running for MISD School Board Place 7, back to back to back, starting with Corinne Fiagami, followed by Yolanda McPherson, and concluding with the incumbent, Courtney Lackey-Wilson. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel and the entire news team, and this is About Mansfield. Introducing Cold Hammer Stills. What is Cold Hammer Stills? It's a 70-proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. Ooh, what the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find Cold Hammer Stills. Find liqueurs at Total Wine and More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as Campaign 2020 continues here on the podcast. And uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be conducting interviews with school board candidates, uh, candidates for city council. And we will conclude with it. It'll uh, take place over two weeks and we will interview the candidates that are running for mayor. So I want you to know that this interview was recorded in early September. Uh, Today is actually September 3rd, although this interview is not being released until uh, toward the end of September. So a lot could happen between now and then, especially as it concerns uh, in-person learning uh, in the ISD. So uh, here in the studio today, she is running for MISD School Board of Trustees Place 7, and we say hello to Corinne Fiagami. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be back. How's the campaign going? I haven't seen you since March. We did take a break um, during, I guess, all the way up until late June to adjust, as many families have had to do, to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, That included for us with our two children, us being my family, our two young children who are elementary age and my middle schooler, that included for us becoming teachers at home um, from March till we got out of school in June. And then we worked on continuous education during the summer. So we've been like many families in Mansfield, just trying to make things work. So your kids are, are back in school, but virtual learning. That's yeah. right. Right. So for our children, I, I appreciate MISD trying to figure out what to do 
for different needs and different concern levels, our children will try to go back in person. So as you said, we're speaking as of September 3rd, and they're going to go back on September 8th in person. Um, And we're going to see how that goes. We're going to see how it works out. And we appreciate that we will be able to change our minds if we need to. And that's what we'll do. I have a son who has asthma. And um, this has been a, a major concern for us. And, you, you know, you don't want to play with lung issues. Right. And so he is a middle, middle schooler, though. He's just now going into Whirly. And I want him to have that experience. He's missing seeing other kids. However, if we have to pull him out, we have to pull them out. Their health comes first. And we'll talk about that in just a couple of, of minutes of, of in-person learning. And But let's start with Corinne Fiagami yes. so that we can introduce you to our listeners. Now, we the, the original voting date was back in May, and obviously the coronavirus has pushed that all the way up to November 3rd. We interviewed you back in March, and part of what we're doing is, is, is a do-over because... A lot's happened since March, and especially because of the coronavirus. And so introduce yourself to the audience. Um, Who are you and what makes you qualified to run for school board of trustees? Well, thank you again for this opportunity. I am Corinne Fiagami. I am a native of the area, graduate of uh, South Arlington School, moved my family here to Mansfield because of the schools. I am a candidate for Place 7 on the school board, and I believe that I am the best candidate for that role because I am a current parent. No other person on the board right now and no other candidate for this position has children under high school age. So we need representation for elementary age students and middle schoolers on the board, especially it's been shown during this time. Would you agree the school board could use a little more diversity? Certainly. And, and you know, sometimes you, as, a, as an African-American woman, I, I have to hesitate every now and then on bringing up race as an issue sure. because sometimes people don't think it's an issue, but it most definitely is. Our perspectives matter. Different perspectives matter. And when we have diverse voices on a school board, it makes decisions better for everyone. So then you've got the school board, but then also the city council and, and a getting diverse opinions on both of those boards is is important. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. It makes everything better for all of us, for, for sure. What attributes are essential for a successful school board? For the school board, you need to have someone who is passionate about children, education and families, someone who is willing to work as a team because no one school board member is going to be able to make any huge decision. It needs to be a a plurality. Um, So you need to be able to have relationships with your fellow board members and um, make decisions that will be best for all of the school district. Also, you need someone with experience in these types of governance situations. So for instance, I've had training in the Lone Star Governance Model, which is a model that is used for school boards to work with superintendents to make the best decisions for school district with 
student outcomes put up front. And I know that one of my opponents has also had that training as a uh, a current uh, incumbent in that position, and that's and that's wonderful that she has, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Um, we need to have someone who's ready to move us forward with new ideas and um, a focus on hearing from the community. But playing together as a team. Yes, most definitely. Let's talk about the uh, the COVID era. And so the the as you mentioned, your child was was going through virtual learning up until the end of the school year, and now in the current school year, is um, is back with virtual learning. The original date to go back in person was set at September 28th, and then the MISD upped that to September 8th. And do you think that that September 8th is a little early, or do you think do you agree with that? That is a great question. When the decision first came to move it to September 8th, I did think it was too early. I thought that we should go with the longest amount of time available to make sure that we do this right and make sure that it is a safe environment for all children who go back into that classroom and all teachers and staff, um, many who may be in at-risk populations for this virus. My feeling about it has changed over time. We're in a very fluid environment right now. We Things are changing every day. We get new information about this virus. I appreciate the opportunity to go back to see what's going to happen so we can fix it and change back to virtual if we need to. Um, and we've done virtual since mid-August. A lot of other school districts haven't been in school at all. No virtual, no in-person. And that's too much for our students to not be able to have their days structured in a way that's focused on learning and what they need. So I, I, I back MISD's efforts, and then I, I strongly suggest that we continue to watch the science, the health notices, to do what's right going forward. Let's talk about the new norm in uh, in the classroom. What do you what do you predict the new norm is going to be like? Uh, will will the desks still be at least six feet apart, uh, plexiglass around the desks. Um, what do you envision? I can tell you as a parent of two elementary age students and a middle schooler, mm-hmm. it has been difficult as a full-time working parent as well to try to be a co-teacher from home. Never before did I realize how <laughs> much we need our schools as a partner uh, for with us as parents in, in raising our children as far as their education is concerned, we we know parents are the first teachers, but we need that support. That has been difficult. The virtual education component has taught us as parents things that we can do at home to support their learning and how to access materials to support their learning and an appreciation for what's going on in the classroom. I think going forward, the new norm will need to be a blend of both of asking parents to be more involved in making sure that learning is going on at at home um, and giving them the resources to tap in to see what their child is doing in class. 
I've never had this type of access to seeing what my kids are doing. Right. Now I know, and I'm able to get up to speed if I have to, to learn something new myself <laughs> to help teach them. But at school, I think that in the classroom, it may end up being less interaction mm-hmm. as far as physical interaction between the teachers and the students for a while. Um, and it may be uh, more separation, more, more, as you said, plexiglass. I don't think that that's going to be forever, though. I think that we will figure it out. I have faith in um, the world science community that we will figure something out regarding this pandemic. You mentioned uh, parent involvement, and I was asking the school board president, she was a guest on the show a, a couple of weeks ago, that uh, I... I I asked her that, or or had said, parents get pretty emotional at the school board meetings. And her reply was yes. And she's happy to see parents emotional at school board meetings because it shows they care. If parents didn't show up to school board meetings, that's a concern. What do you consider MISD's strengths and weaknesses? I think that our definite strength is the our our parents are so engaged in those early years and i think that there's a flip side to that the weakness is we need to capitalize on that engagement even more keep them informed about what's going on we we can definitely do better in communication to families and and parents about what is going on in the classroom what's coming up um, I would have to say, you know, God bless them, but that technology distribution situation that we had um, some time ago now, by the time this plays, I guess it'll be about a month and a half, mm-hmm. that was a communication problem. And the reason why you had lines and lines and lines of people is that they are engaged. They do care about their children. They do want their children to to do well in school, whether it be virtual or in person. And they were there at 30 minutes before (laughs) the time that um, handouts was going. I know my husband was there. Um, He was there for six hours in line. Some people were reporting as much as 12 hours. And that's dare I say, unacceptable. It is very unacceptable. And I, uh, yes. But to the, uh, to the credit of Dr. Cantu, she was very transparent. Uh, they, in, in, and came out in public through a YouTube video that she apologized. We are aware of the problem. We're going to fix the problem. And by the, the next Monday, I think this came out on Thursday or Friday, by the next Monday, they had five locations instead of just one. And then they came out again and said, okay, we need to fix the problem again. But that's that's all behind us now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And and like you said, it, it, when the, the problem was identified, it began to be addressed. And that is a plus. Not every district is like that. We need more communication. We need to learn from that and keep it going forward to keep parents and and invite them to be involved in planning and making things happen to make sure that things go well. And this is an area where if there are school board, I, I have to think that if our school board had a parent of an elementary age student or intermediate or middle age, middle school age student on the board, 
maybe we wouldn't have had that problem like that because I could have told them about how I can't find a parking spot when I am going to a school event at my child's elementary school. You you can't just say, everyone, let's show up to pick this thing up. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen well. So that's one thing. And I think that more and more over the last couple of months in particular, we have heard more about... um, situations at school that we need to strengthen regarding um, diversity and appreciation of of racial and ethnic and socioeconomic and sexual orientation diversity as well, especially in the, at the high school level, and just appreciating um, each other and, and people and making sure that all students feel safe and welcomed, which is necessary in order to learn well. And then going back to the parent involvement again, it should be more, it, it's, it's definitely, it's more than just joining the PTA. I mean, not to discredit the PTA because it's, it benefits every school, but to say that, oh yeah, I'm on the PTA and not even show up to PTA right. meetings, parent involvement should be on campus in addition to making sure they're doing, the kids are doing their homework. Most at, definitely. And, Most definitely. In your mind, what does a successful school board term look like? And would you run again if you fell short? Hmm, Great question. In my mind, a successful school board term involves holding ourselves as board members and the school district and our leadership as represented by the superintendent accountable to very specific outcome goals related to children's learning, their social and emotional health, their safety, and those college and career goals that we want them to have in the future. And in our time together as a board with the superintendent, we are going to be watching those metrics to make sure we are moving in the right direction on each of those those areas. And there are very, very specific ones that if you go to the uh, website, the MISD school board website and look up um, the Lone Star governance process that they're in, they will show you some of the metrics that they are, well, all of the metrics that they're measuring and watching. And we need to be making progress and we need to hold ourselves accountable. We can't just look at it as, okay, this is a snapshot of where we are. Thanks No, we have to look at it. This is a snapshot of where we are and what do we need to do to keep getting better. If we are not making progress, if we are not challenging ourselves and the superintendent to make progress in every single area of need, then we have to look at ourselves and see, am I the... Ask yourself, am I the right person for this this position? Mm-hmm. Am I the right person to make this move forward? And if not, let's turn it over. Let's let's bring in the right people. Let's bring this back from education and parent involvement and school board. Let's bring it back to Corinne Fiagami. Let's do it. It's probably a subject you know about. <laughs> <laughs> back in March, I had asked you. When's the last time you attended a school board meeting? And now things have kind of changed. I know the school board meetings have gone virtual. Uh, Have you still, have you been watching the school board meetings and and still staying involved? Yes, I have watched every single school board meeting. 
I have not attended in person since March. My understanding is the, as of this September 3rd day of our recording is that their last one was available in person. Before that, they had gone online completely for quite some time. Um, I think that this is something that people who are not school board candidates you also should be watching the school board. That's where the information is. And it's so easy, even pre-COVID, they had them all available online. So that's a great thing that you can go in and watch and listen, put it in your earbuds, listen to it while you're walking around, because that's where you're going to really know what's going on in the school district. Do you know those, the, the people who sit on the school board and... and you, I would assume you're obviously willing to, to get get along and work with them. Yes, sir. I have so far met or spoke with half of them, and my goal is before the election to get to speak to the to the other half, have some time talking with them about what they see as the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats for the district, so that I can start day one um, in the same mindset of of where we are as a team. If someone wanted to look up. Corinne Fiagami and find you, whether it's on social media, your website, if you want to throw out a phone number or an email, uh, how can they learn more about Corinne Fiagami? The best place to learn about me and the campaign is the website, which is Corinne4MISD.com. It has a www at the beginning. Uh, Corinne, C-O-R-I-N-N-E, for F-O-R, misd.com. And we do have a Facebook page. Um, and I say we because there's a team of people who are working together to to get there on, on this, uh, make this campaign happen. Um, and you will also find my phone number on the website. I'd love to chat with people. Give me a call, send me a text if there's some things that we want to talk about. And I have heard some from some some fellow residents of the MISD area, and it's and those conversations are always a pleasure. And easy to remember, Fiagami. Like, like origami. origami. That's right. <laughs> Fiagami like origami. You told me that back in March. <laughs> now, only because it's written on your shirt, F-I-A-G-O-M-E. Yes. That's Fiagami. correct. That's Great. correct. <laughs> Good luck on November 3rd. Thank you. And uh, thanks for being on About Mansfield. It's my pleasure. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm School Board President Karen Marcucci, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is Campaign 2020 in Mansfield, uh, which starts today. And so over the, over the next several weeks, we're going to be uh, doing in-studio interviews with uh, school board candidates, city council candidates, and concluding with the final two weeks, interviews with uh, those that are running in the mayor's race. And so today, we have in-studio... A candidate for MISD uh, School Board Trustee Place 7, and this is Yolanda McPherson. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're basically going to do the same thing that we did back in March, although things have changed (laughs) since March. Absolutely. So uh, we started off with the question back in March of why are you running for school board? I'm going to amend that question just a little bit because of the COVID era. Why on earth are you running for school board? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good question. Going back to the interview that we had previously, uh, my answer probably is a little bit stronger than before. Sure. Because I believe in MISD. 
I believe in our students, our teachers, uh, administrators, and I want to be a voice. And I believe that I can create stronger ties between our community and our school. Mansfield has changed. Uh, We are very diverse now. And I believe that our school board should reflect the diversity that we have in our school and in our communities at this time. Absolutely. Let's run down your qualifications. What, uh, what is your educational background? Well, I have a Bachelor of Science in elementary education with an emphasis in reading. Um, I graduated from Bishop College, which was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's Paul Quinn. Um, I had 32 plus years experience in the classroom. And I say plus because right after um, my student teaching, um, I went right into a substitute position, um, and I was very grateful for that. And I've had training um, in all kinds of uh, areas of education, Uh, served on several committees, multiple committees while my tenure in the classroom and with the district. I started my teaching career in Dallas ISD and I retired in 2017 uh, with the Arlington ISD. Um, I was team leader, uh, worked on the multicultural committees, the just a plethora of committees during my 32 years. Well, and God bless you. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Thank it's, you. I know it's teaching is teaching's not a not an easy job and uh and certainly not recognized as uh well as a hero. And 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 literally I you're you're molding the minds of of the future and you are and at least in my mind teachers are heroes. And, Well, we are. And I have always said, and I will continue to say, that teaching is a ministry. Yeah, We touch so many lives, um, and we just leave that impression. Uh, And I just want to give a special shout out to the Mansfield teachers who are just incredible at this at this time they always have been right. but they are going beyond the call of duty uh, i'm hearing some awesome things about the teachers um doing the you know the the zoom and some of them are even giving their home numbers where kids can call them and if they don't understand an assignment they have really been creative so a huge shout out to MISD teachers. Shout out to the teachers. (laughs) Since you mentioned teaching and and because we are in the COVID era, let's talk about the era. As of this recording, which is early September, the in-person learning starts on September 8th, which was upped from early uh, from late September the original date well, I think it was September 27th 28th 28th, 28th. Mm-hmm. is the district doing the right thing by by opening September 8th versus September 28th I'm still very concerned mm-hmm. with the opening in person uh, instruction having subbed uh, for two years after I retired and I know, the size of the classrooms and 
the social distancing. Um, I'm just not really comfortable with that just yet. I don't know how that's going to look. If I were able to go into a classroom and actually see what that looks like, I think I would have a peace of mind. Right. Um, I understand that kids, parents want to get back to our normal, but we're, this may be our normal. Exactly. What is, yeah. what, what is what normal, is. not only in, in the school, but in life. Exactly. And that's since March, I've been asking myself, what is the new normal? And when it comes to schools, are people going to, are kids going to be sitting at desks with the plexiglass around them? Um, are kids going to be required to wear masks? What is the new norm? And every day there's new information. There's something different. And so we're just all kind of in limbo as to what what we do. How do we protect ourselves? How do we protect our community, our families? And I, I get it. I understand where kids want to get back to their friends. They want to get back to school. But it's not going to be business as usual. Uh, you mentioned the plexiglass. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, um, I guess, a school. I don't know if it was a Texas school, but um, on the news where the, the kids were separated with plexiglass. And it just, it was disturbing because I was like, in the long run, what kind of mental impact will that have on our kids? Right. You know, kids are used to reaching out and touching and sharing and passing notes, passing <laughs> notes, exactly. And getting each other's crayons and, you know, but it's, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that. So it concerns me. And I, I wish that we would have a little bit more time. I know that we, we have to get back to in-person. Sure. I get that. But I wish we had a little bit more time. We don't really have uh, an area where we're comfortable. I attended a a school board meeting, and a lot of the parents and a lot of the teacher um, associations were there, and, and, and they're asking, you know, give us some more time. We don't have the clarity. We don't have the answers that we really need at this time. So just give us some more time. And I really think that we should listen to our teachers. They are on the front line. They have to do this. Yes, they want to get back to the classroom. Right. Absolutely. They want to connect with their babies in the classroom. There is nothing like the connection between a teacher and her students. And so I understand that. I get that. But we need some more some more answers, some more clarity. And one thing that I heard that was disturbing to me um, was that letters that and petitions that parents are sending, they're not being looked at. They're not being read. Um, I heard one person say, oh, I've gotten so many emails, I've stopped reading them. Yeah, That's not what we need to hear. It seems like that maybe the, the September 8th date was moved up because of parent pressure, mm-hmm. that uh, September 28th seemed to be the uh, the date statewide. But I know that uh, having talked with one of the board members just a couple of weeks ago, she mm-hmm. says, oh, my yeah, my email has just uh, blown up. She didn't mention, I stopped reading. Mm-hmm. 
but she said that uh, yeah, her her uh, her email account has just uh, been on fire for the past months. Of course, I mean, I mean, people want answers. Parents are wanting answers. Um, if nothing but but getting back with that person and saying, you know what, I don't have an answer right now, but just being transparent, being honest, because we are all in this together. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who runs a um, a daycare. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a seven year old that came down with COVID. Wow! So they had to close that entire room, and she got it from grandma. And you know, so it's just so much. And my my concern, another concern, is that if we start back in person. And there's, God forbid, a case mm-hmm. of COVID. Then we have to shut down. We have to go back to remote learning. So we're back where we started. So, you know, really, we're, we're kind of between a rock and a hard place. Right. How do you do the fine balance between, okay, did we start too early? Did we, okay, maybe September 8th. Now, again, listeners, uh, this was recorded the first week of September. So September 8th, again, is in-person learning. And this episode is actually being released the last week in September. So a lot has happened between September 8th and and the release of this episode. But again, uh, we're recording this, this interview on uh, September 2nd. Yes. Which... Um, is still a week uh, prior to uh, to in person learning, so a lot can happen between uh, the opening of September eighth and and say the end of the month. Absolutely. Uh, so time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Let's get back to uh, the school board mm-hmm. and in in general. So, what do you see as the uh, as the school board's role and uh, and responsibility, and how you fit in with that? Um. I see the school board as um, a strong leadership mm-hmm. position. Um, people look to the school board um, for transparency. Um, they want to be honest um, and approachable. I would. Uh, I worked in two districts, and I didn't really know my school board members. I didn't see them, um, oftentimes wanting to have a conversation with them, get their ideas, where they were coming from, didn't have that opportunity. And so if I'm elected, I want to be very personable. I'm a very personable person. Um, I want to be able to connect with the community. I want to listen. I want to hear the hearts of people, their concerns. Do I have all the answers? Absolutely not. But I want to be uh, a sounding board. Oftentimes, people just want you to listen. Oh, sure. Not really looking for any answers. They just want you to listen. And I think as a, as a whole, we've lost that, where we're not listening to each other. And so I want to be that school board member, that I want to be in the schools. I want to know the kids. I want to know the parents. I just, and that's important to me to make that connection, to let them know I care about you. You're special and your, your needs, your concerns are special. So the more 
uh, outreach we do uh, as leaders, not sitting behind a desk, not just having a title, but letting people know that I really care about you. I care about your child. I care about our school district and, and what it looks like. Then I think people are more comfortable. Um, Mansfield is growing by leaps and bounds. And we just, we, we have to be who we say that we are. We got to walk the walk. And talk the talk. And talk the talk. <laughs> Got to back it up. Didn't mean to, didn't mean to finish your sentence there. <laughs> That's okay. Kind of knew where you were going. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what do you consider our MISD's strengths and on the other side, weaknesses? Uh, I've looked at test scores. Yeah. Uh, I believe that's one of our biggest strengths in MISD. Our, our scores are amazing. Uh, having two young people to graduate from Lake Ridge High School, and I've been very impressed. Um, the teachers reaching out um, with you know parent conferences or emails. Um, we were my husband and I were very uh, successful with that. Is one of the uh, weaknesses that we experienced um, was. Uh, and I'll be very honest and very candid, um, the treatment of African-American males in MISD. I am very, very concerned. For example? Uh, uh, discipline. Yeah. Um, it appears that more of our males, African-American males, are sent to alternative schools or uh, in-house suspension uh, than any other. And so I want to understand why that is, why is that the case? Um, in subbing, um, oftentimes teachers would come and, and they were very gracious. You know, Mrs. McPherson, if you need anything, let me know. They would, you know, leave little notes on who I need to kind of keep an eye on and that kind of thing. And, and it was helpful. That's what we do. Um, but even in, in difficult situations, um, and I had one or two, just having a conversation with that student, problems resolved. Right. Makes just, a difference. It, it makes a difference. And just having, and I did see some of that, you know, in, in the schools where I, I subbed. I did see teachers just, you know, kind of pull the, the student aside and, you know, what's going on? How's your day? Um because we don't know what goes on after a child leaves us. It's a safe haven for the most part at school, but we don't know what happens the night before oh, or sure. the morning of. And a teacher is more than just an educator. It sounds oh, like there's a, there's, there's a bit psychologist in, the, uh, in, in being a part of a teacher. We wear so many hats. Um, my husband, when I would come home oftentimes and have to spend time with our kids and do homework with our kids after I've had a long day, you know, it didn't end. Being mom, being teacher, it never ends. And he would often say to me as I was doing homework with the kids, he was like, can you leave your teacher voice <laughs> at school? And I was like, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just who I am. And so my kids knew. Um, 
that, you know, mom's in her teacher mode and, and it's still to this day. What is your vision for education in this community? I've said this again and again, um, diversity. Mm-hmm. I believe that our teachers should be trained um, because it, it looks different from when I was in school, when you were in school. It looks different. And sometimes different makes us uncomfortable. And so we have to recognize the differences that we have in MISD. And we have to be willing to make adjustments because we know that life is full of adjustments. And so it's making sure that needs are met, that our staff, our students feel comfortable, sure, inclusive. Uh, no one is singled out because of their sexual orientation, their religion, their race, but that everyone feels inclusive. Because at the end of the day, we all have to make some sort of adjustments. I may not agree with you or your beliefs, but as humans, we can find a common ground. And we need to make sure that in MISD, that's what we do. We find a common ground. Yolanda McPherson, are you on Facebook? Do you have a website? How can people find out about your campaign? I am on Facebook, and you can find me, Yolanda McPherson, on Facebook. I do have an email address, and I give it. I give it. It's Omega, O-M-E-G-A-D, as in dollar, the number 86 at gmail.com. Omega D, as in David, Uh 86 at gmail.com. That's correct. If you want to email directly to Yolanda McPherson, place seven for MISD Board of Trustees. Yes. Good luck on November 3rd. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Adam Larson, Operations Manager at the Mansfield Star Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and Campaign 2020 in Mansfield continues in the studio today. She's running for re-election for the MISD Board of Trustees uh, School Board, Place 7, and uh, we welcome, uh, again, this is a do-over interview. When we interviewed her back in March, a lot's happened since then. So, Courtney Lackey-Wilson, welcome back to About Mansfield. Oh, good morning, Steve. I'm so happy to be here. Why are you running for re-election? That's, <laughs> you, you have one of the toughest jobs. The school board uh, uh, trustees right now has, has, has to have one of the toughest jobs in all of Mansfield. Um, yeah, yes, in some ways. But, um, you know, what, what I've always found on the positive side of it, even our toughest times, such as now, um, is just uh, the outcomes we have from it. And it is all about the students. And so it is the most rewarding position. Um, and to get to see um, all your hard work, you know, really show, show what you did it for, you know. And so, um, yes, it's tough. But that um, we will persevere. You know, we have that community. We always have. And um, and we'll, we'll make it through, you know. And we live and learn right now a You're, lot. <laughs> absolutely. So if elected, this would be your third term, your fourth term? My fourth term. Your fourth mm-hmm. term. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what makes you qualified to be a, a school board trustee? 
Well, for my from my standing right now, it's more than ever um, is the experience and um, the the background knowledge that um, I already hold, and um, because we are in such um, a different time and situation right now as far as this industry goes, that um, I think that that um, that that puts me in a position to be uh, ready to just continue on with the work that we're doing and um, and not have to uh, backtrack, so to say, and um, figure out some items or maybe, you know, um, and knowing the history to it, you know, so myself and um, another trustee are now um, the seniors. Yeah. You know, and so um, I think that um, it's it takes a good blend on the board um, to where you need some of that, and along with um, which we do currently have obviously um, some newer trustees as well, and so it makes it a nice good balance. You said the uh, the the work that you've been doing on the board. So let's let's go back to that. What if, for the listeners' uh, benefit? Uh, what is the board's role and responsibility? Well, you know, um, it's funny because a lot of times, you know, and, and guilty is, is charged, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you first come on, um, I think that, um, you, you know, uh, you just really want to take the bull by the horns and and do this and do that. And so I think a lot of times that um, uh, coming in, people... Um, trustees, you know, we need to understand that our first uh, priority is truly to hire and fire the superintendent, (laughs) you know, and then obviously the budget, right? And, um, but, you know, our our district, um, uh, Mansfield ISD has become, joined a cohort uh, through TEA, and it's called Lone Star Governance. Mm -hmm. And so we have been uh, really delving into that training and uh, and seeing the benefits of that. And so what it's done is it's taken um, our, just our basic, I'll say business side of what um, trustees have been doing and turned it into um, more of a teamwork effort with our administration and and all of our staff. And so it puts us all on the same um, the same program, the same process, keeps us all in the same focus. And all of that is about student outcome, right? Absolutely. So, you, you and uh, and and the board of trustees hired Dr. Cantu. Yes. And I had mentioned uh, one of my previous guests is was Karen Marcucci, and uh-huh. and, and we talked about uh, uh, the fact that that during the the problem of of handing out the the devices to you know we heard stories of waits of ten mm-hmm. to twelve hours, and that um, she was very transparent in going out on social media and even apologizing to uh, mm-hmm. uh, to to the parents and and. She, I, the- oh, absolutely! No, I agree, and 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 we all owned it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I did uh, appreciate her as a leader, you know, um, st- um, stepping up and and taking. I don't know if you want to say the blame, but um, just taking it on and and admitting to it and and acknowledging it. Well, and it and starts at the top. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, and in in her realizing that you know that mm-hmm. um, and she's good, you know, she's good, she's strong, um, and um, and this would just be another, you know, um, the other thing to her defense, no one's ever done it, seen it before, right? That's right. And um, and you know, going back to that, um, what I do did want a lot of people to realize too is part of it being so insane on trying to get out this the devices and obviously it could have been done better but at the same time um, and, and I want to appreciate our staff because we are one of the uh, 
districts, and I say one of because not everyone was doing that, that is, is working towards and for the most part accomplished at this point. I do, you know, we always have devices coming in and out, but trying to get a device in every student's hands as well as our staff, right? And so when you stop and you think about, you know, trying you know, you're at that point, you're talking over 40,000 devices. And so that that's a big undertaking. But it's also something that we, we feel is needed. And I think we can see that now with the way, you know, we're still virtual. And um, for for a lot of our students, um, there's always the threat of being sent back virtual. Um, so I just, I just really wanted everybody to appreciate that in our staff, that they were really trying to get a device in every single person's hands, right? And they did acknowledge the fault in that deployment right. and, um, and took the blame and, and reassessed it. And so, and, and, you know, again, going back to our community that I've always, um, you know, I've grown up being a part of and, um, so I'm proud of it. Um, when it came down to how bad it had gotten, um, Everybody was out in full force, you know, um, you know, I was delivering devices, board members were helping, you know, um, uh, get them deployed as well, but not just us, you know, it was, um, our, our PTAs and parents and our staffs from all over the campuses, bus drivers are delivering them, police officers delivering, you know, so, um, um, doing anything you can do just to get them out. Yeah. And then, and that's where I want to, you know, point out to the highlight of that too, was once again, um, when Mansfield, um, as Mansfield ISD as a community, when um, it sees the need, it they jump in. You yeah. know, we, you know, and you've seen it too. You've been here for a long time as well. Sixteen, and years, you know, yes. you never see anybody that if they, if they don't let them know you need help, then you know everybody's on board. You know. So since we're talking about the COVID era, um, it is a tough time right now, and and you've got to be receiving emails from parents from from both sides who want to know about uh, how are you going to keep my kids safe versus, uh, okay, so that's in-person learning versus how can my kid learn virtually while there's in-person? What kind of emails have you been receiving from parents? Well, you know, and it's not just parents. Um, okay. you know, it's our staff as well. You know, and um, and and it is all of that what you just said. So we, it's everything from, um, um, you know, how how are we going to stay safe? Well, so then, you know, we do have a task force that we've set up. Uh, that's one thing I do want to point out that our um, our board and uh, administration, we we really like any kind of big decisions to get as much input as we can. And so anytime we set up any of our committees or um, in this case, a task force, um, it's made up of, of parents and staff and sometimes students, you know, de- older students, of course, but depending on what the item is. And so we did, I know they had a task force meeting again last night to reassess it, but the task force was set up to see, you know, to, to set up a protocol on how we would do this process. Process on going face to face, in order to try to keep, you know, to take every safety precaution we can. Well, you know, last night they were reassessing it because now some of the concerns are: um, are we sending home healthy kids because they've been in contact with this person, but at the same time they had a mask on? Okay, yeah. and so you have that factor. Um, you still have, um, although our, our teachers are, I mean. 
phenomenal. I mean, they're just, they're greatness. And, you know, my boots on the ground is what I always call them, right? And so, because they do, they're the ones making it all happen. Sure. And um, and so, even though, uh, and in large numbers, our teachers wanted to go back face to face. And what I contribute that to is the heart. Because they truly have a heart for what they do, what they are doing, and the love for our students, and um, and it just, I mean, that just makes me just, you know, butterflies sure. because I just know that about them, right? And um, but at the same time, they have their own concerns, you know, they have their own families, and um, and feeling like are, you know, are we doing all the safety measures we can, and so, and and you know, and especially secondary, there, there's how many students are they seeing a day, right? Um, and then the uh, little ones, you know, you know, they want to touch their teachers, be all over them. So, I mean, it is so many different directions and so many different aspects. And then you just want to keep everybody as safe and healthy as possible all the time, you know, because we've already had our big push for safety and security on the normal side of safety and security. Right. And right. now we have this side of it. But at the same time, we, you know, we want to reach our students and I, I know our teachers do as well. And I don't take that away at all. But um, it's just, it, it is a lot. And yes, going back to the emails, it's hundreds. <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. My wife and I were walking our dogs last night on uh Mansfield High School campus, and around the sidewalks, I had pointed out to her because there's blue painter's tape every six feet. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, look, there's social distancing here. And, and we got into a conversation about how difficult this has to be, you had mentioned, for the elementary kids mm -hmm. who want to go in and hug each other and hug the teacher. And the teacher, you know... What elementary school teacher does not hug their kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about uh, the, the nurturing of kids. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, can't, can't do it right now. Well, uh, it, it's got to be tough. It, it is. But at the same time, you know, uh, kids are resilient and, yeah. and they're, they're, you know, they're amazing in a whole different place, right? And so I've been spending um, days uh, walking and talking. Uh, with uh, walking every campus um, and and taking time with the principals and the, and the teachers when I can, you know, they're online or they're teaching face to face and um, at least trying to wave. And, you know, I like I like I'm trying to let them know that, you know, we appreciate and we see them. But also at the same time, then I can get some full grasp and see it hands on, you know, what what this is looking like. Right. And um, I will tell you that. Uh, the the staff i mean on on the campus the campus staffs have just gone um to such great lengths to make this as smooth as possible and um for the students as well as keeping everyone safe and they the the students are they are so happy right now when i see them and it and, and i'm talking virtual or face to face you know and um it's it's I think it attributes a lot again to um, our parents, you know, sure. and 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 what they're what they're doing because they're having to do a lot right now, and as well as our teachers, you know, and our administration on what they're putting out for these these students. But for the most part, um, the the kids um, they they just don't seem real bothered by it, you know. And the grade levels that have to wear masks, they've got them on, and and um, the uh, little ones, you know, some have them on, some of them don't, you know, and they already have their their 
you know, prepackaged little school supplies, you know, right. so they're not sharing crayons and pencils and things like that. And then there are spacer markers in the halls. And, um, you know, because I, I teased uh, one of the principals yesterday in elementary campus because they had these big color dots for the markers. <laughs> okay. And I said, how many kids jump from dot to dot? Because I want to, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so she said, I haven't seen them do it yet, but I thought the same thing. You know, I'm waiting for it. But um, but they were, you know, they they just get it, you know, and, and, um, and in this, you know, there's so much detail that goes to it. Um, uh, this, uh, principal told me yesterday how she has even found, uh, an app to help dismiss the ch- children. And so they, the parent pulls that because what we forget about is even, you know, when we used to could cluster them in halls or cafeterias or gyms and then send the bus kids out, oh, your mom's here, go to the car or right. whatever that is. And they can't do that either. So this cool app, she said, um, they, I, I guess they clock in their number or something, but it's it locates that kid and tells them what door to go to. Huh. It's really kind of crazy, isn't it? That but is I cool. mean, there's all those details that you forget about, you right. know? And so, but no, the kids are fine. I mean, we're, we're all going to be okay. <laughs> but it's just taking some That's, time to get there. You there. Have it. Yes. From a, from a school board trustee. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. No, I'm kidding. I know I sound like Mr. Rogers now, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) Which is not a bad thing. No, it's not. (laughs) So uh, still in the COVID era, you are a volunteer board of trustee, Mm -hmm. yet you work for another school district. Mm Uh, I'm, I'm sure the policies are different. Uh, You had mentioned, in fact, I didn't know that you worked for the other school districts Mm -hmm. until about 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. And... Virtual learning for the district that you work for started the same day that back-to-school learning Mm -hmm. happened for for Mansfield ISD. What are some of the other differences that are happening with MISD and the school school district that you actually work for? It it is a neighboring district. So, um, you know, our superintendents are already in communication. And um, to answer that question, because I know I've had some people wonder, but yes, the superintendents in the area are on constant contact, as well as other staff members with their with their alignment. Right. And um, but so one of the things that both districts are um, accomplishing it's not accomplished yet, but accomplishing is that, and, um, and, and, you know, I want to toot their horns for it because going back to, they are both trying to get devices in every student's hands. Um, the difference there is, is where, uh, Mansfield ISD was already, you know, for a lot of our students already had a one to one. Um, and so we were, we can get our devices out fast enough. The other district can't get their devices in fast enough because we've had to order them where I work. And so what that has, has then, um, we've had to go a different way with our virtual. So we've only, until the other devices are in, one, one device per household which um, then we have to do, um, and I hate to say have to, because um, some people are okay with it. So it works for some families, right? But it's called asynchronous learning, and that just means that the student isn't necessarily face-to-face with their teacher all day long right? because you may have five kids in a home with one device. Right, and they all need it at the Mm -hmm. same time. So asynchronous is logging in at some point at that time, basically, okay, okay? or maybe watching a recorded lesson and things like that. Um, uh, What this scenario is causing, though, and defense of our teachers, again, with the the amount of work that's being um, put in right now, 
in Mansfield is that um, uh, so we we were virtual, which was I. Let me back up a little bit because okay. you'd asked me about um, doing the different dates. Mm-hmm. Um, after seeing what we've seen with getting to start virtual and then getting to start face to face, I I am glad now. Of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but that is one thing I'm happy about <laughs> that um, we started them on two different dates because it gave some process. Because I just can't imagine had we just first day out virtual and face to face, everybody at the same time, right? So it gave us a few weeks to virtual. Still working some kinks out, but worked a lot out. And now we're working on our face-to-face kinks, right? But in the meantime, what um, a lot of synchronous is when they, again, they see them virtual face-to-face all day long with their teachers or can be. Um, This situation where we do have some students now going back virtual, maybe because they've been put on quarantine or something. Um, Basically, our teachers are now, in some cases, up to three different types of learning. Oh, my of teaching, I should say, because they may have these virtual kids. They may have a kid that's asynchronous because they've been sent home. They may have um, face-to-face, and those are just some of the examples. And so you can see where this, I mean, it, it's really tough on them right now, and, and, and I don't know that they get the credit that they always deserve. They didn't anyway, in my opinion, because <laughs> you know how... You know, I think teaching has been underrated for a long time, you know, as uh, in the profession and what all they really do for our students, you know. And if someone wanted more information about Courtney Lackey Wilson, where can they find? Do you have a website, Facebook? To I do have um, a, a Facebook page sure. uh, for, for my campaign, um, but they can also reach out to me. Um, my email is um, right now on the district site. And um, so, yeah, by all means, and and I do I do want to point that out, and I'm glad you mentioned it. That um, um, especially as a trustee, um, I really like to have that open communication, and um, and I encourage um, staff, parents. You know, um, I don't know what I don't know, and um, so if if you you know come to me even if you just want to vent about something that's fine too you know we all need that moment but you know let me let me know what is your concern what is it is it something that we didn't see is it something you want me to ask you know that I haven't asked because maybe I didn't think of it or I did ask and you just didn't know I did and wanted to know the answer right um so yes please reach out um it just uh Again, you know, we do have hundreds of emails right now. I I would like for everyone to know that I have seen them. And um, I I like to give a more personal response. And so I usually will try to investigate an answer or see where the status is of that problem or question before I respond. Courtney Lackey Wilson running for re-election for MISD Board of Trustees, place seven for the, uh, uh, the MISD school board. And... Good luck on uh, November 3rd. Hey, thank you. Everybody give a vote. There you go. Uh, Thanks for being on About Mansfield. We'll be right back. Congratulations to JoLynn Redden, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Name the only person in history to win world boxing, karate, and kickboxing titles and hold them all at the same time. And, of course, the answer was Mansfield's very own Troy Dorsey. Joe Lynn has won a $25 gift card to Brooklyn Pie and Cafe. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia 
at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Brooklyn Pie and Cafe featuring a variety of authentic Italian dishes and pizza as well as appetizers, salads, subs, and burgers. You can check out their menu at brooklynpiecafemenu.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, longtime residents of Mansfield may remember the name Bud Irvin. He worked for the city for 30 years and retired in 2010 as the Director of Utility Operations. This week's trivia question is, which Mansfield facility is named in Bud Irvin's honor? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, which Mansfield facility is named in Bud Irvin's honor? Good luck and thanks to John at Brooklyn Pie for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's our usual array of news, talk, and information, including in-studio interviews with the candidates who are vying for Mansfield City Council Place 2 as campaign 2020 in Mansfield continues. The show will be released on Wednesday, October 6th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you never miss an episode. It's free, and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. City Council Recap, Casey Lewis. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production, editing, mixing, mastering, that's me. Thanks for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.